We admit it. Sometimes we get bored. There are a few things better than getting to talk about our favorite music on this podcast each episode, but sometimes nothing pops out at us. You know, we have trouble finding the dazzling new artist who instantly uh, infects us with with some kind of beat or melody. Um, And in a lot of ways, I think that's why this podcast exists. The three of us relied on each other for recommendations if we hit a music discovery dry spell, and it's rare that all three of us are pretty uninspired by a run of releases at the same time. Now, it'd be easy to throw away the last few months and say that COVID has uh, had some kind of effect on the music industry, created a bottleneck, or, or um, you know, creativity dried up when, when uh, a bunch of young people and, and musicians um, were basically unable to practice with their bandmates or had to get jobs and move in with their parents. Um, but to hell with that. It's probably just us. In fact, it's definitely us. And I think, you know, it's important that when you are out there looking for something, you just refuse to be pessimistic. The truth is there's always something good and exciting if you're willing to look. And I think there have been a lot of buzzy releases that maybe didn't land with uh, one of us or each of us um, over the last few months. But uh, I'm excited today to shine a light on something new. And um, with that, I'll say welcome to Brother, 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 episode number 188. Wyndham, what are you listening to? Well, I wanted to uh, start off top way uh, uh, with two declarations. One is uh, Christian has just graduated from grad school, moved back to New York, um, got a new job, new apartment, and um, is engaged. So, uh, well, first of all, welcome to adulthood, Christian, and this is not your license to say, uh, hey, you know what? Nobody puts out any good music anymore, because that's what most... People who graduate to adulthood do, and that is not your that is not your lane. Maybe this is a good time to con- confess that I was I was complaining in the five minutes before we started this episode about the young people and their tattoos. That is true. Yep. Yes. <laughs> you just don't understand the prison teardrop, do you? God damn it! Getting old. <laughs> I uh. Not, not so anyway, the second thing I high school in Orange County, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, the the second thing I just wanted to say, and I do think we do owe some of the dry spell to COVID, because I think everybody kind of in lockdown, you know, if anybody had access to a studio, they were making an album, and the albums are kind of popping right now, and, and it's not really a shocker that a lot of the music that's coming out right now is, is relatively melancholy. Um, I think that has been the pervasive mood of the nation and the world, and it's, you know, not shocking to me that some of the stuff that's coming out of this isn't a little on the depressing side. And, um, you know, I mean, with the exception of maybe Andrew W.K., who who continues to party hard, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of mid-tempo, you know, kind of slower burn stuff. Would you say, so too... It's just an observation. There's a lot of... I mean, 2020, despite um, the world kind of halting and, and probably end of 2019, too, you had a lot of albums come out and bands got completely put on pause for touring, which I think too caused a little bit of like a a backlog or, or, you know, a lot of artists that didn't maybe probably would have been putting out another album this year or, you know, working on something, songs on tour kind of paused as well. Cause uh, you know, you just see a ton of bands right now touring albums that came out two years ago. Yeah, no, that's true. It's a good, good idea. And also, yeah, that, uh, you know, that sort of stultification of, of travel and work and, 
concern, really. I mean, you know, they're for bigger bands. I mean, we, you know, we certainly, you know, we've seen a few things lately. Uh, you know, the Wilco Sleater Kinney tour that was supposed to happen almost exactly a year to the day before we saw that. Um, you know, that's that's a band who I'm guessing has the financial wherewithal to, to kind of put life on hold for a while. But the band that we saw the day before the lockdown, the murder capital, was playing they're still stuck, stuck in Somerville. Yeah, they're still stuck in the Shredway <laughs> Motel on Route One in Saugus. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's 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 got to be a weird mixed bag of of you know the, the you know the the already fortified were you know able to survive and and certain you know people probably. Um, you know, we're we're kind of teetering on the precipice of going broke. Yeah, for sure. Right. I'm personally looking forward to uh, to seeing Jade Bird's fourth launch um, through, through her record <laughs> yeah. label. Let's try it again. Um, well, there is that too. I mean, the, you the know, the laws of the, the sort uh, of large 2020s. scale. They put out the same. It's just single. Yeah, but I mean, think about where like a bill, where like a Billie Eilish was. I mean, obviously she's you know retained the. Uh, attention that that she was getting back then, but she was about to go on some massive career defining tour that was going to be you know and and that just disappeared. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. I mean, like I think if you sort of reflect on the way that this might have changed pop culture a little bit, it's like the um, there's there's always been a requirement that you feed your fans live music and and that you are constantly touring i mean i think billy eilish was one of the first artists to um to be so to be obviously in that vein of like uh sort of teenage like pop diva um but very much with like some of the aesthetic and sensibility and like attitude of um kind of a, like, I'm going to stay at home and, um, you know, uh, drink, like, codeine and Dr. Pepper. Um, and and it, whether it's true or not, like, whether that's actually your attitude is, is a different question. But, like, that's the, that's the vibe, right? Like, that's the aesthetic. Um, and so, in some respects, she was, like... Purpose- and, like, you're welcomed into her world instead of her projecting into yours? As opposed to her, like, putting... Yeah, putting on a, a spectacle for, for your entertainment that you come and attend <laughs> and then leave. Um, and, yeah, I mean, historically, like, when you get let into the world of the, you know, the, the sort of intimate, like, friend group or friend circle of, like, the... the uh, of, of, you know, these types of, of pop stars, right? Like, those are those are carefully constructed worlds like that are heavily managed by their public, uh, by their publicists. Um, and this really, there, there was something sort of like kind of what you see is what you get and like pretty organic about it. Um, and, and I think like, well, I don't have a great insight as to how organic it was, but I think it's just a really, um, uh, it, it seems like it was perfect. It was sort of well built to sustain a period where the only presence you have is like a social media presence. Yeah, well, I mean, she's also, to a degree, hermetically sealed. I mean, her producer brother was in the next bedroom yeah. over, so didn't really have to Parent leave the house. Neighbor. Yeah, no, it's a... Uh... I, don't rec- I don't reckon he still lives at home at this point, but, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, that that is their closed circle. Yeah. So when? So, anyway, gonna kick, you want to... going to kick this, uh, this uh, episode of What Are You Listening To off with, since we've just... Uh... 
Well, I think we were going to go back and, and sort of just at least name check oh, a bunch true. of stuff that came out and then go a little more in-depth on um, on things that, you know, we want to talk about. But, you know, we'll be remiss if I think we haven't um, really uh, dedicated that much time to, to St. Vincent's daddy's home, to um, Billy Eilish's Happier Than Ever, St. Etienne's, I've been trying to tell you, uh, the Armed Ultra Pop, which I think is a, actually... One of the more interesting records of the year, Jane Weaver's Flock, Gr- uh, Griff Reese's uh, Seeking New Gods, which I know you like a lot, yeah. Jer. Uh, Lone Lady, who um, beamed in straight out of 1984 with Former Things. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff coming out. It's um, I think we're saying that it's just not. You know, nothing has knocked us up sideways in a while. Yeah, no, I think there's a ton of good stuff. I mean, Christian, you're going to see Sturgill on his um, sort of concept album, Dude and Dude and uh, Juanita, you know, which is, I think, a really solid bluegrass album. Um, there's, you know, there's stuff that's definitely been good. I think I think you're right, though. There, like, there's a, some, not as many standouts, but, I, you know, I, I definitely have a few, I think, that we're going to talk about today, for sure, that I think have, have kind of risen above... Or not even that um, any of the albums you just name checked are, are even need to be risen above, but kind of have a little bit of a different different vibe or hit you in a different way. So, uh, so yeah, the first record that you were itching to talk about after this uh, this sort of um, hiatus of, of live music is uh, low. Yeah. Um, low. So definitely. Record. Hey, what? Definitely not going to some, you know, not a new artist. Lowe has been around since 94. Um, and, you know, I, I think a, a pretty unique indie artist, um, openly kind of Mormon from uh, Minneapolis, and is a band that, that kind of invented a, a genre. I'm sure they hate this term as much as, as I do, which is called, you know, slowcore. Um, it's kind of atmospheric music and you know I think one thing with low husband and wife team consistent is just there's a lot of um, intensity in, in, a, in a kind of stripped down you know uh, mid to, to slow tempo music and, and they really you know kind of have a cult following I think we talked about you know, or I've talked about before, um, you know, it's a band that, like, I would say, like, Nick Cave or something, right? Like, where people who love them love them and don't care if uh, 85% of the rest of the population even know who they are. It's a band, too, that sort of reinvents itself. Um, in the late 90s, they had an album called Great Destroyer, which got a lot of, or early 2000s, which got a lot of kind of hype for just turning up the volume a little bit and, and kind of throwing a curveball at their audience. And I would say 2018's or 20, uh, Double Negative was kind of another swing in that direction where they went to more electronic and son- electronic sonics and just kind of off-kilter beats and things like that. Um, the new one, Hey What, all caps, is a continuation of Double Negative. So that's an album that I actually talked about on What Are You Listening To? You know, a bunch of episodes ago when it came out. Back to Low, I love this record. I think it's really kind of unsettling in a great way, but has the same kind of beautiful aesthetic and hymnalness, you know, kind of tones of, of their singing qualities and singing together. I can't remember where I read it. I believe it was Pitchfork, but talking about, you know, the music sounding like a, a dying supercomputer, which I, you know, I, I was actually 
kind of grasping myself for like what the fuck is that that like sound it's just sort of primitive but at the same time you know electronic so it's 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 a definitely uh something they're playing around with and, and i think to great effect and doing a great job with it i don't know if you guys have, have had a chance to listen to this record but um you know it's not a not a party fave definitely not going on at the uh, cocktail mixer for your engagement party christian but um you know when you have time on your own, whether it's writing win or just kind of hanging out. I think it's a record that's like just a great listen and something that I always just love bands that kind of continue to be uniquely original. No one really sounds like low. No one really has, but then within their own kind of um, ecosystem, create new ways to kind of get you excited and, um, you know, reinvent and yet themselves. It's accessible. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing with them. I think they under it all, they you know they sort of sing these. Uh, pop might be a strong, too strong a word, but but very catch you know catchy, beautiful songs, melodies. great melodies, yeah. yeah. So it, it kicks off with White Horses, and, and I think doesn't doesn't end there. You know, Days Like These are, is a great song, and Disappearing. So um, yeah, I mean, I know when you've listened to it, Christian, I don't know if you've given it a, a spin yet, but what, what do you guys think? Uh, not okay, computer. <laughs> That's my subtitle for the little album. Um, I think it's really, I think it's really good, and I think it's a grower. I think um, you know, like you said, the last two albums they put out have been kind of a, a bit of a um, change of gears. So um, I'm looking forward to growing uh, up with it a little bit. But it, it, you know, none of their, none of their song, none of their stuff really grabs you out of the gate. It's one of those ones where it's a slow. Um, you slowly come to understand uh, what they're doing, and, and it's very rewarding. So, anyway, Christian, uh, let's uh, turnstile. Let's kick it to you. You're you're talking talking about turnstiles glow on. Yeah, um, uh, Jeremy. You know, you you mentioned a sort of transformation, uh, and I think that that like there's no better theme um, to. Uh, to sort of anchor like a conversation about this band turnstile that, that we started talking about on the podcast back in 2018 um, and uh, and yeah so they are um, uh, Baltimore natives um, and really I'd say like fall into this uh, this great category of, of sort of crossover thrash um, thrash core which like which has roots in pretty early, uh, pretty early punk and um, based out of you know DC and New York, um, but I think like if if I were to sort of think about it, like what crossover was back in the eighties when it um, sort of first first took that name, I think it's like uh, it's sort of the elements of like very straight down the the um, the line like. Uh, you know, downbeat driven like punk rock, um, of the Sex Pistols or whomever, um, but sort of sped up and given a lot, you know, just given, given sort of the aggression and like the, the, um, uh, in some cases the ability, um, of, of metal musicianship. Um, yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. I think it's a, a lot of it is what happens when, when fi- hardcore bands learn to play well. Yeah, when you're 15, you play you play what you can play, and when you're 20, you also play what you can yeah, play. Yeah, like over power that period. chords to exactly. Um, and so there's. Yeah, I there's, think I actually think two of the two of the better comps for this are are obviously fucked up is is much more of a one for one 
but earlier in the year, I mean, I think one of my favorite albums of the year so far is the Ice Age album, and they kind of started out that way and, and, you know, are obviously far too um, competent of musicians to, to stay in that very narrow lane so they grew up yeah it's an it's an interesting i mean i think certainly the idea of like evolution is is um appropriate for for this group turnstile but but to to focus on their album like i think you know they're the, the cool part about this is that like what what attracted me to this band in the first place i think was sort of the the hardcore roots and and like some pretty heavy tracks on uh on their earlier releases and i think what's what was really kind of surprising about this was well, I guess it, it's not that surprising that in certain um, on certain songs they mellowed out a little bit and there's a little bit more singing. The vocals are, are sort of clearer, crisper. Um, they're, uh, they always had a penchant for, for melody, in my opinion. It's just it, it's less distorted in some contexts here. Um, and I think... Uh, but what was so unexpected about that is, like, the fact that I actually liked those songs as much as I liked the um, the sort of super uh, super energetic um, and more traditionally kind of punk and hardcore songs. Um, the fact that they're actually uh, like tamping down some of the fury um, and you like what you can you know hear sort of behind the distortion is relatively unusual, I think. Um, and add to that the fact that they. Uh, have like one of the more um, sort of exciting and entertaining social media presences just because like they just seem to be friends with everybody um, it's you know one day they're they're um, uh, in LA like hanging with you know odd future or whatever and and the next uh, the the next they're you know in DC hanging out with like um, I don't know so take your pick but like a soccer mommy at that uh, songbird or something and it's just like it, it's they they seem to have this um, uh, sort of ever-present quality um, in in the scene right now which I think is like probably a testament to the fact that everybody else seems to like them as much as I do and apparently they just are pretty likable people so um, I'm really rooting for these guys and, and have been for a while um, but uh, but I'm excited to um, excited to hear what's next from them well, yeah, and if you need a caffeinated shot, that record is a lot of fun, and uh, you know, completely just kind of pops. It's 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 a it's a fast, fun record. It's a good pick, Christian. Enjoying it quite a bit. Let's take a let's take a quick break and listen to a little bit of Turnstile uh, from Glow On, and we'll come back. Look around, windows or a mirror that you're looking at. Underground, swinging that we're missing with the light.
to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Today we are asking the uh, ever-burning question, what are you listening to? And um, I kick it over to you, Jeremy. What are you listening to? All right. Um, well, my second second album is going to be uh, Tyler, the Creator's new record. And it's um, it's one that we've kind of texted about back and forth and, you know, just off offline, off the pod. And definitely, like right now, probably my favorite hip-hop album of the year. It's um, It's... Produced by a DJ Drama out of Philly, who uh, is kind of made famous by the Gangsta Grills mixtapes. Um, I just think this record is, you know, Tyler bringing it back to to more of, you know, kind of hip-hop, rapping more, um, you know, the last couple records, Igor and stuff. And this, sorry, the album's called Call Me If You Get If You Get Lost, latest release. And Flower Boy had, had a little bit of just mixed genres, so singing and, and just kind of just off-the-wall kind of sonics, things like that. This is just kind of a, you know, I think very modern in terms of like hip hop being, you know, one of the genres that is, is constantly evolving at the same time, pretty straightforward rap record. And, um, you know, it's, it's filled with the kind of quintessential stuff that Tyler has kind of brought to the table, which is, you know, this sort of talking rap that's both hilarious, frightening and, uh, you know, just and great at times, you know, and, and sort of even open and honest too. And I think um, one of the things that this record, and I, I know Christian, you're a fan as well, talked about is, is just the kind of, the flow of this almost sounds like a mixtape in the sense that it just doesn't, it seems like one track kind of continuously going, but really clocks in under, I don't think there's any tracks over, you know, three, three and a half minutes or so, which is, is, is pretty great, especially these days in, in uh, a genre when you have Kanye West kind of blowing out a 27 song, um, epic failure, basically. So um, I think you guys have both had time with this album, or at least some time with it, and uh, I'm going to you know lay down the gauntlet. So it's so far my favorite hip-hop record of the year, and I think just a great, great record and, and one of his best. Yeah, well, you referred to it as a pop record, and so I was curious, you know, um, you know that for that, if you think that is kind of it's it's uh, where it belongs. I mean, is it it's it's um, you think it's just kind of like a listen very listenable, very. I think pop has changed lot. in the sense that like I mean this record debuted at number one, and I think that like I mean when I, I you know to be straight, it's a very much a hip hop record, but I think that that it evolves into you know what it is today, and it's the number one you know, sort of genre out there for mm. kids. And this is a, a, a hit, you know, this is a hit record. I mean, it's it's definitely not accessible to all ears, <laughs> you know, but I think uh, if you like music and, and like, you know, rap music, it's uh, I think it's a great album. And I think it's just something that, you know, five years ago, that wouldn't be the case, or even, you know, maybe longer, this would be very alternative to, I think, us, when we were coming up listening to this style of music, you know, um, but this is mainstream, mm-hmm. and it, it's a, it's a, I think the the length, the kind of, you know, sort of intensity, and, and you know, kind of fun that this album has, is, is really lends itself to being kind of a, a big hit. Yeah, cool. I think, I mean, it's like objectively pop in the sense that it was number one on the pop charts right so it's like you, it's hard to it's hard to argue I mean it, I don't know how meaningful the pop charts are anymore to be perfectly honest I, I think like um, it, it, just because there's too much there's too much genre bending and they just haven't kept up that well in the last couple of years um, but like yeah. I, I think you're you're totally right about this being a great album and I, I had the real benefit of um, 
you know, I haven't had that many like solo car trips that were pretty long in the last few years. Um, uh, usually got company and not always like, but, but you know, there's something about like just being in a car by yourself for, for hours and hours and hours that like really lets you dig in and like listen in a way that you, you just don't ever get to listen. Um, and, and this was, uh, this was sort of one of those like real investments of like concentration and like sort of admiration. And, and I think that like had a big effect on just the way I listened to it. But, um, it's, he, he's got like, he, like, he's always been a good, he's always just been a really good rapper. Like, like, like in every, you know, from like a standpoint of just his flow, like he's stepping inside and outside, like every, every line and every verse and has this like kind of command over the language and like the cadence and the, the beat that I, I think it is similar, similar to, but different, um, from, uh, like an MF doom who similarly just like, doesn't seem to give a shit. (laughs) Like what, what, like, like what planet the beat is on um except for except for those like moments of clarity when it all lines up perfectly and you realize that he's just like he's just you know dropped a line that has like references that are like three four you know five like different images deep meanings deep that call back to different songs on the album that call back to like moments in like hip-hop history um and you're just like fuck that's really smart and not only is it smart it's like it popped precisely because he's like it's the first time in five and a half lines that he's actually been in line with the beat and like his his ability to like and and this i mean at the, at the core of it like that's what that's what the best like rap and hip-hop is right it's like you are using you're using like the instrumental to like really just make the lyrics pop and and I think that's that's like he just he accomplishes it brilliantly here and like the it's 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 like intelligent and like thematic um, and uh, there are just some real killer tracks on here too like there are a couple standout standalone tracks that I think do a phenomenal job so yeah I, I love this um, I think it's great and and everybody should go listen to it cool well actually wanted to uh, come back to you Kristen there was a uh, there's a new Amel and the Sniffers record uh, called Comfort to Me but the the one thing I, I kind of interesting you know in terms of the uh, pandemic and Amel and the Sniffers Amel and the Sniffers I had I had tickets to I think like five shows when when the lockdown happened and I had just seen one the night before uh, Amel and the Sniffers are the only band where there was a cancellation refund but they also hit the trifecta of uh, not being let in the country and having the venue that they were supposed to play close permanently. <laughs> so um, I, uh, I'm i a big Emil and the Sniffers fan. I was looking forward to seeing them, but that was kind of a hard luck story. Seriously, um, that's, uh, that's, that's a rough, rough deal. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, look, Emil, Emil and the Sniffers um, have been big, uh, like, have just been, uh, I, I think one of those one of those albums that I sneakily probably listened to um, uh, way way more than I would have ever guessed and and sorry I should say that's the self-titled album that came out um, in 2019 um, like I, I I think I got to the end of the year and, and looked at my like Spotify analysis or whatever and was like holy shit this is like my second most listened to album I never would have guessed that um, 
And mm. it's it's just got, like, it's just a really, like, per, sort of perfectly, like, uh, timed and, and um, punchy, like, punk record with a ton of, like, pop energy and melody. Um, Amy Taylor is fucking awesome um and she's a uh, she's a great great front woman um and you know is, is like in the in the long tradition of um uh of just total disregard for like her physical form and um hurling herself off the stage uh at, at every opportunity um and it's just like it just brings you know the sort of shocking power that like you you want out of like a front a, a, a you know front person and and punk music um but she's also just got this like really crisp piercing like just kind of voice that i think is is accentuated by the australian accent um so incredibly well um it's just so in your face uh and it's it's just a great sort of like delivery vessel for for lyrics in this context but you know what's cool about this new album um and i don't want to neglect like the the way they've kind of grown up a little bit is like um and, and you know maybe they're sort of uh common themes here with like turnstile but comfort to me is the new one and and i think you know there's definitely like there's more going on they've they've like filled out some of the instrumentation um there are a couple of songs that aren't just these like explosive two and a half minute punk songs um and uh you know i i I wonder if again that's sort of like partly the um if if a big part of that might be the musical influences and reference points that they've had while they've been in lockdown, you know, um, I'm sure that that their friends have mellowed out a little bit um, in in terms of what they've been playing and and uh, what they've been making, um, and I think it sort of has this like tonic effect on on everybody's music. Now this is still just like bottled chaos, so I wouldn't like uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to make it sound uh, you know sound like a Steely Dan record. Um, which is just bottled suck. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think you guys will too. Have you listened to it? I have not yet. Cool. I, I'm looking forward to it. I had embarrassingly, um, I think I had tickets too to the show when you were going to. And I, um, they're like a band that's on my Instagram feed cause they're fucking hilarious and fun to, to watch their antics. And I, I haven't listened to it either. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. Maybe we should play a, a tune off of yeah. it and then move into the, the last few here. Cool. We're doing our, uh, I guess, we try and make it quarterly, but our What Are You Listening To? And uh, we found some gems in, in a year that we've been struggling a little bit to, uh, to 
to find records that have really kind of grabbed us. But when one record that you've talked about pretty consistently all year and almost talked me into going to see the, the band live the other night um, was uh, Lord Huron's new record and, and an album that, that you've been championing for quite a while now. So give us the scoop. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I hate to... Uh... I hate to describe something, you know, as, as being pleasant because it tends to sound mediocre, but it's not. These guys are, I really think these guys are, are kind of pros and, and uh, Ben Schneider uh, in particular, the, the lead uh, member and songwriter, I just think, you know, um, you know, I just think he knows what he's doing. And I think the, the sound is is obviously very uh, established, but kind of modern retro uh, kind of lies in the, the you know the, the influences lie in that era between Elvis and the Beatles. You know the sort of Del Shannon, um, uh, Roy Orbison, Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly kind of thing. But it's not. It, it it reminds me a lot of Chris Isaac in the late '80s, early '90s. It's there's a little bit of a winking knowledge that it's it's very retro but it has that same sort of reverb heavy guitar hollow body guitar and you know vocals um that are and clever songwriting that that chris isaac uh, i think rode to prominence and you know chris isaac was such a showman that i don't know that he was taken as seriously as he you know maybe should have been as a musician but he was really good and um you know had some sort of indelible lasting songs um and i think this is the same i think these guys kind of um became very very well known you know went from sort of semi underground to extremely well known when they did that uh the night we met which is a, a really lovely song that was featured in 13 reasons why and became every teenager's uh, you know favorite song for a, a week or two but um you know i think they've got to sustain the you know i think they kind of have a something going on here and I think this album is them at full maturity and really in charge of what they're up to um there's a couple of standout tracks I think um Mine Forever which is a, just a really good uh old school sort of um you know heavy heavily produced kind of almost orchestral uh tune but uh you know then a song like I Lied um we, you know, there's a duet with, um, uh, I'm going to get the name wrong. I think it's Machine Gun Poppier. Kelly. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, it's just a, it's a really great turn. You know, it's like the, you know, one of those great country songs where, you know, the, the uh, inverse of what's expected happens. I mean, kind of like Jackson by Johnny Cash, June Carter Cash, where, you know, uh, you know the guy's threatening to leave, and then you find out that the woman is couldn't be more excited for him to hit the hit the road. But uh, anyway, that's it's hard for me to really um, pin down what's going on here. Like I said, it's a very retro record, but it also sounds very clean and new. And and uh, I think the songwriting is is really uh, spot on. And there's a lot of you know things that it's, it's sort of like um, the Jason Isbell. Um, you know, idea of, of subverting cliches where, and in this case, they're not subverting them so much as, as sort of knowingly uh, using them. And, you know, it's not because they couldn't think of something else. It's because 
this is the smartest way of expressing something in a, in a very short nugget of a song. So it is my, it, it's a really good record. And I know, Jared, I think you've listened to it a bit. I think I made you um, kind of almost an, a convert, but I doubt, I don't know if you've heard it at all, Christian, but I think you'd like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I have. And, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think um, I, I, part of my, I, first of all, I was a little bit surprised that I did like it as much as I did. Um, I I think I've neglected this band for a while, uh, and part of that might be that they they have emerged maybe only in the last couple of years out of a pack of like indistinguishable to me, um, you know, Americana indie folk boom like s- stuff that sort of emerged in like two thousand eleven two thousand twelve, and I'm thinking like whether it was Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros or the Lumineers or um, you know, the Dr. beloved Dog. Avid Brothers or uh, Fleet Foxes, I think is m- more the lane. But yeah. yeah, well, so I was actually going to mention the Fleet Foxes and say that that maybe these two, maybe these two groups are are um, destined for sort of something more. But they're they're also all like sort of based out of L.A. Um, and this again this this is I'm, I'm like prepared to to like back off this argument if it's just i'm ignorant and don't know anything about these guys but like it strikes me they have no personality <laughs> as a band um and uh I, that like is going to make it difficult for me to give a shit over um probably a long period of time and and so uh that said i think they're constant i mean it's like they're just obviously very good songwriters um, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure what I'm asking for. I don't know if like, like I, I actually almost feel like these guys are gonna are like you know a fair. No, thing but I almost feel like these guys are gonna go the way of uh, fount, like fountains of Wayne, where they just become professional songwriters for other people. Eventually. Yeah, I was gonna say you know I don't I mean? think it's yeah. a bad take because I also agree. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty familiar actually with their their catalog, and and um, I have always liked it because it's good and it's not but there isn't much that grabs you in terms of um yeah personality or like a reason to root for the band you know they sort of seem like guys that play probably in multiple bands probably played with other people a lot um i know the the main guy went in sorry not remembering his name but i know yeah he's a great songwriter like i'm a more than casual observer and fan of like the, of like the genre of music so if you haven't managed yeah. to like get in front of me with an interview or like you know just, just anything like just just anything at all um it kind of suggests to me that you don't really like like you know being that being a band at, and the thing is these guys are are like you, you will listen to them and, and immediately recognize that at some point they're going to win a grammy um and like uh, that that's the ilk that they're in. They're in like the Portugal, the man, or like um, they're good enough for that, you know. Um, and, and yeah, I'm kind of shocked that this record isn't bigger than it is because it's. I know they had the hit when they mentioned, but I do think this is actually like probably. I mean, the other records that I've heard, they have always have a standout track for sure, or a couple of tracks like um, that are worth you know hearing again multiple times. But like this one in particular is it's a really good record. I mean, it's a, it's a well done, right? You know, I mean, you know, it, it's not, it's catchy. It, it's got great songs. It's, it's, um, it's also like, you know, just 
I'm just kind of surprised, like, even when I pop them up on Spotify, like, it's not in their most listened to, you know, it's just odd to me, but, um... But, but like, what are these, what are these, like, cultural reference, like, what are these aesthetics, like, the album cover is just awful, um, like, the title is incredibly forgettable, um, I I just, there, there are things, there are, like, things they could do better (laughs) if they... Like I don't know what I'm asking, or, or again, uh, it's just it seems to me like there's there's a lot of very, like it's, it's not like that noir it's like thing. Very, I feel very, like, like professional talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I always I always refer my reference point is always um, people who who uh, wipe the oils off their <laughs> guitars every time they play them. Well, that's and like, that, that's like Josh Homme too. So that's just weird gearheads. No, I know, but that's just a. But it's it's. I always think of that as like a, you know, a professional touring musician yeah. versus somebody who's in a band. Yeah. Well, also somebody who has like, like, you know, it's they don't have a. It's not it's not bedroom pop because they have like, a mic set up in their bedroom. It's like they have a home studio. <laughs> and it's, and it's got serious yeah. equipment. It's also they're. <laughs> they're also really good. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I, I completely, it is, uh, this is not even a disagreement. This is an agreement. Absolutely. This is like, I take everything you say um, to be true, and yet somehow it's a really good record. You know what it's almost like? I mean, I hate to say it, but it's, it's almost like Neil Diamond. Yeah, you know what's you know? funny is when you say that, um, weirdly, you reference Chris Isaacs in, on his album San Francisco Days back in the day. I didn't even realize Neil, Neil Diamond was good until I heard Chris Isaacs covering Solitary Man, and I was like, oh, oh. that song's amazing. That's Neil Diamond? And then I got into Neil Diamond, you know, via that. And it, mm-hmm. it does have that same kind of, like, it's really good, but yeah. And I mean, to the, to the fact that, like, you know, Christian Wynn and I, that they played uh, in Boston the other night, and just based on it being, like, a Tuesday and, and you know, all the kind of things going on, you could get tickets by the end for a pretty good price, and, and I think when you even bought a couple and just I don't know ended up bagging it, you know, and, and, and then, I didn't go. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's a perfect kind of uh, end there. But I, I do like this record a lot, and it's a it's a good good album. Um, but yeah, I think we're we're all in I guess it, agreement there, band. With, I guess without I'll, a personality, I'll, I'll end. <laughs> I'll end it with a with a sort of compliment that I I believe wholeheartedly, which is if it was forty years ago, this guy would be in the Burrow Building. Right. Anyway, you want to take a quick break? We'll come back. We'll end this thing the way we end everything. Yep. Do it.
Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Today we are going to end this podcast the way we end every podcast, and that is, with in this case, a redundant question. Uh, Christian, what are you listening to? So I'm going to pick uh, a book that I've been reading recently, which is um, by uh, Siddhartha Mukherjee, which is uh, Emperor of All Maladies. It's um, it's kind of like a pop history of, of uh, the science of, like, cancer um, and oncology, which is, like... You know, if you are, um, if you like learning about new things and cancer, uh, and digging into um, pretty, uh, pretty vast like um, topics with with you know a, a sort of a, an excellent uh, guide. This is this is the right book for you. And so I put it in the vein of like you know really good sort of Michael Lewis stuff, maybe a little bit. Um, a little bit more sophisticated or, or wonky than that, but like not much. I mean, it's, it's what, what he's so good at as a writer is, is really, um, grabbing the, the human stories and all this stuff and, and following the people who shaped the field rather than, uh, rather than focusing on, um, anything, you know, sort of dry or, or like the, the, um, the technical aspects of it. So it's, it's definitely worth a, worth a read. Cool. Jared, what are you listening to? Um, I just recently wrapped a book that I've mentioned a few times, reading and really enjoying, so I'll just uh, mention it again so we never have to uh, hear about me talking about it again. But I, I finished Let the Grey World Spin, um, Colin McCann, and uh, yeah, one of the most beautiful books I've, I've read in a long time, and um, definitely rocketed up my short list of, of books that um, I would recommend to anybody and, and think most people should read. It's just a... Amazing book. I'm not going to go it's into an amazing the, book. The, yeah, it really is. I'm not going to go into all the details because it's, it's kind of hard to explain, or at least explain in a way that would make you want to read it. Um, but yeah, if you haven't read it, I believe both of you have because it came out a while back. But in '09, I believe, uh, probably one of the best written books I've read in, in a long time. So excited about that. And when? How about you? Um, well, I, I'm first. I'm going to say I'm looking forward to the premiere of Ken Burns's uh, Muhammad Ali. Doc, uh, which, you know, I'm going to um, uh, time check this, uh, the recording of this, but it comes on tonight, so I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I have been finishing my um, opioid... Uh, Habit? Uh, yeah, well, that, that thankfully, uh, no, but um, my, my opioid reading habit, um, and uh, I have been... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of bad jokes there, but um, I read as Jared did um, Empire of Pain, yeah, the Patrick Redden Keefe uh, book about the Sacklers, which was really uh, excellent and also extremely dep- depressing and distressing. Also, the best true crime uh, story going, ever. <laughs> yeah, but I'm all, I'm going back um, uh, non chronologically. I'm going back chronologically to. Uh, um, a book called Dreamland by Sam Canona is a very, very popular book that I never got around to reading. I think it came out in 2015. And it's basically how cartels um, set up in mid-sized cities across America and, um, you know, just really um, infiltrated the places where um, the Oxy, you know, Oxycontin had and the pill mills had existed and people were now opioid, opiate addicted 
and they, you know, became the sort of, you know, they say it themselves, the Domino's Pizza of heroin. Um, it's very interesting from a um, strategic standpoint in terms of how, you know, the, the drug dealers um, settled in, but also just how the pharma companies kind of um, created this monster and, and then left it to uh, everyone else to uh, suffer through. So, again, uh, I will I will break my habit of reading... You're going um, to go cold turkey, opi- or are you thinking about a 28-day opi- program? Opiate histories. I am actually... I'm going... I'm actually weaning off. I'm going to uh, the Sally Rooney Methadone Clinic. Uh, she has a new book out, and I will read that in lieu of, of furthering my education on opioid, opioid addiction, and uh, very happily so. Um, but, yeah, so... Anyway, after all that heartening news, do you all want to throw a song on the uh, 46,870 top 10 songs of all time? Hell yeah. Yep. Christian? Uh, Add it up by the Violent Femmes. Nice. Um, if that's there. on there already, just in case, Christian, do you have a backup? I know Is we it on there? Violent Femmes songs on there. Oh, we do. If not, I'll just text. I don't think it is. I think okay. I think Kiss Off is on there. Oh, okay, gotcha, great. All right. I also cool. think if it's um, on there and I've mentioned it twice, it just can be on there once and no one will ever know. <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna do uh, Christian's. I think Christian mentioned how much he loves this band in the pod. I'm gonna do uh, Steely Dan's "Dirty Work." Nice, nice. I love Steely. <laughs> and. I am going to put on a song that I've been meaning to put on since, you know, 2016, which is uh, Moonlight Mile by the Rolling Stones. I, like, somehow didn't catch that Wednesday again. I said I'm putting on Moonlight Mile by the Ah, Rolling Stones. Yeah, cool. All right, guys. I can't believe it's not on there. All right. Later. Thanks a lot, and we will talk soon. Sounds good. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.